welcome. Thanks for being with us today. So glad you found us. If this is your first time, we want to give a special welcome to you and say thanks for checking us out. And we would certainly hope it's not your last time. And if this is your first time, we'd invite you to click on the digital connection card up here in the corner and just let us know who you are and how you might be able to be helpful. And if this is your spiritual home, we say welcome to you and are grateful too that you found time to be with us for this uh, weekend gathering. We would invite you also to click on the digital connection card if there's anything that you'd like to let us know in the office. As we lean into the week ahead, we want to make you aware that we're partnering again this year with the City Schools of Mansfield where they are doing a Stuff the Bus. It's a particular kind of Stuff the Bus for what's called their SAFE program, which is directed to students who are considered to be homeless. It's kind of crazy that there's something like 300 students that are transitionally homeless in the uh, Mansfield City School System. So we want to bless them with some basic uh, needs, and the list is right here. And if you'd like to be a part of that, you can click on the Give button right above, and we'll be happy to do the shopping for you. And we want to collect next Sunday also, and then we'll be delivering them in person on the 2nd. And then also I want to share with you our good friend Mark Zimmerman. Uh, it's a name that you may know, who co-hosts a morning show with his uh, colleague Gabe Collins on Heartfelt Radio. I've done a number of uh, Bible studies with him and have uh, done a number of conversations, but I'm excited that Mark has published a book. It's a fun book. It's a, uh, just a great story. Uh, it's uh, centered around the uh, Indians in 1946. That's the Cleveland Indians. And a young man by the name of Eli who has grown up in Holmes County, he's Amish, and how he gets the chance to play for the Cleveland Indians. It's a great story. I'm excited because Mark was able to have a conversation with our friends at the American Policy Roundtable. Uh, they produce a nationally syndicated radio show called The Public Square. The book is currently available only on Amazon, but you can find a link here in the worship notes if you'd like to get your copy. And I'd be interested to hear if you do, what you think of it. And so I hope you'll find it encouraging. You know, with so much uncertainty that's around us, it's really hard to make long-term plans. And so as we think about the message series over the coming weeks, I want to have a conversation with you about worship and about our, how awesome the, the power of praise can be in our life. As a pastor, uh, my responsibility isn't just to tell the truth, but it's also to take and do a pause and remind us of the things that maybe you already know. Because I think many of us, at least I'll admit in my own story, that I'm a pretty good forgetter. And I think you can agree with that for your own story, right? I know parents have to remind their kids that they know certain things. Employers and bosses and supervisors and managers have to remind their workers what's going on. And so as a pastor, I have to help remind us all uh, because I think it's just uh, part of our human nature to forget things. So as we lean into this summer of 2022, I want us to just pause and think about the power and about habits, and particularly about an important habit, which is the this uh, habit of praise. It's something that we need to use every day of our life. It's something that can center us. And this habit, if you will, is particularly useful when we're going through tough times. And I think many of us are still trying to figure out what normal is going to look like. Today, I want us to look at this idea of the power of praise. David says to us in Psalm 150, verse 6, let everything that has breath, what does he say? Praise the Lord. What? I mean, do you have breath? Yeah, right. Everything that has breath. 
uh, then we're all supposed to praise God. Everything in the universe brings praise to God, and even the stuff that doesn't have breath, the trees, the plants, the rocks, they honor God. Even the most amazing pictures we're seeing right now from the James Webb Telescope that's uh, been sent out, uh, this amazing new technology and the pictures that have come back are just uh, staggering to the mind in its beauty and it's how it captures uh, a universe that seems as though it's continuing, not just a universe, but the universes that continue to be growing and being established. And so Jesus, you know, said once that if human beings don't praise me, even the rocks themselves will cry out. And when it comes to praise, when it comes to this idea of worship, it's not all that complicated. Now, it's interesting, Jesus says, when it comes to worship, when it comes to real worship, there's only two things that we need to be concerned about. Jesus said in John chapter 4, true worshipers worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Now, I want to ask you, what does it mean to worship God in spirit and truth? Now, spirit, it's not a capital S. It's not talking about the Holy Spirit. It's talking about something that resides inside us. It's our being, if you will, our inner being. And so it's talking about your spirit and my spirit. We know we're not just a body. We know that we have a spirit and a body. And so when we worship God in the correct way, it's from our deep being, from our spirit. You don't just mindlessly go through rituals and prayers that you've memorized and the ones that you haven't even pondered deeply. No, it's supposed to come from our spirit and it's supposed to be in truth. So for worship to be authentic and accurate, it needs to be an aspect of being devoted. And, and we also know that the one thing that really ticks God off, if you want to know what God doesn't like and what he really, uh, what he really hates, if you will, what God hates more than anything else is lukewarm worship. This idea of when we're just going through the motions and when we sing the songs and when we just say the prayers and we do the right thing, but we're not even thinking about it. He wants us to think about it deeply through our spirit. We're just going through the routine, the ritual, without really thinking about who God is and what he desires in our relationship with him. In the book of Revelation, Jesus says, I see that you're neither hot nor cold, but you're lukewarm. And he says, I don't like that. I don't like lukewarm worship. He said, I'd rather have you be cold totally against me or hot totally for me, not just lukewarm. He says, because if you're lukewarm, get this, he says, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. But basically he's saying, you just make me sick to my stomach, that you nauseate me. God says, when I see people who are coming to worship, but they don't really mean it, they're not even thinking about it. He says, it makes me want to throw up and it makes me want to puke and it makes me want to vomit because I'm so nauseated by this lukewarm worship. And so our worship needs to be in spirit and truth, and it needs to be passionate. God talks about this in the book of Isaiah, chapter 29, verse 13. He says, these people claim to be mine, okay, and they praise me with their lips. Basically, they're saying all the right things. They're singing all the right things, but they don't mean it. Their hearts are somewhere else. Maybe they're thinking about a baseball game. Maybe they're thinking about where they're going to go after church to, for lunch. They're thinking about all these other things, and he says their hearts are somewhere else far from me, and their worship is just routine, repeated without thinking. You know, it's interesting, in my years of pastoring, I've had many conversations with people after service who have said, you know, I really didn't get anything out of the service today. The worship gathering just didn't mean anything to me. And for me, I, I sort of scratched my head because part of it is our responsibility to encounter the holy when we show up about removing the distractions that are blocking our intimacy with God. And I have to ask, too, when I hear someone say that is, did you just sing the songs? 
Because it's the songs that we sing, and particularly, did you sing them with your whole heart? Did you sing them with all that you're about? Or did you just stand there watching other people sing? It's amazing because almost every time the answer I got, well, I just stood there. Uh, I didn't try to sing. And so that's really the problem. The problem is you didn't put anything into it. And if you don't put your heart into it, you're not going to encounter God. So let me tell you this. Anyhow, worship is not for you. Worship is for God. And when we come to worship, when we come into the sanctuary, we're expressing our thanks, our gratitude, our praise to God. And we do that through worship. And so worship isn't about you. Now, anytime you do something that God wants you to do, God always builds benefits into those things to bless us. So yes, you're going to get something out of it. And we're going to talk about some really big things that you get out of praising God as we think about this message today. But here's the point. I worship God because he deserves it. I wouldn't be alive, nor would you. I wouldn't be able to breathe. My heart would not be beating. Everything in my life I owe to God, and so do you. And so certainly on the first day of each week, we can pause for a few minutes to say, thanks, God. Thank you. I wouldn't have anything without you. Now, when you do that, you will get something out of it, but it's got to be in spirit and truth, as we just read earlier. It's got to be authentic. It's got to be from your heart. That means you put some emotion into it. Now, it's interesting. The Bible can give us all sorts of benefits, probably 50 of them, about why we should do these things. There's physical benefits, there's financial benefits, there's relational benefits, there's emotional and mental benefits, all kinds of benefits for our life when you do what God tells you to do. When he says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord, we could take a look at a lot of things, but I'm going to narrow it down to just a few, and we may actually have to pick this up next week. And then I want to talk for just a moment before we get there, as we're thinking about praise, and we think about what really generates praise is our singing, right? And so it's interesting. I want to address three different excuses I've heard for not singing in church. Excuse number one, I'm not really an emotional person, and I don't really feel comfortable with my emotions. So I don't want people watching me. I certainly don't want to get emotional in front of them, and I'm not an emotional person. Well, you know what? You're wrong. You are an emotional person. You are just frightened by your emotions. Sometimes we don't know what to do with those things, right? So we basically push them down. We deny them. But here's what you need to know. God has made us in his image. And we know this much that God is an emotional God. We know that God gets angry. We know that God gets frustrated. We know that sometimes God gets impatient. At the same time, we also know that God loves and that also God cries. He weeps. And so the only reason we have emotions as human beings is because we reflect the nature of our creator. So what makes you a human being is the simple fact that you have emotions. So now the question really is, are you in touch with them or are you denying them? Can you feel your emotions and can you be a true man or a true woman? Or are you scared to death? So many of us are taught to push our emotions down just to shut them off. But here's what I want to tell you, that the church, this place that we gather in, that we need to feel safe in. We need to be able to set ourselves free. Even when you're online, here watching from your home, you need to have some freedom to experience God and, and to be able to sing the songs in a way that brings a connection to him. This is, needs to be a safe place where we can feel the feelings that we have. Why is that? Well, because, again, we're created in the image of God. If he didn't want you to feel him, he wouldn't have given you those feelings. 
But maybe you were taught by your parents and somebody else to just shove them down. And then when we think about how we do worship, we need to just forget the fact that other people may be watching us because we're really here for an audience of one. Uh, the reality is worship is about us focusing on God. When we think about sporting events, which is another form of worship, a secular worship, right? We go crazy. We go crazy at, at a football game, at a soccer game, at a baseball game with all sorts of excitement. And you know what? All of that is because it's a symbol of joy. We're excited about what's going on. And so we need to have the same kind of attitude as we come to worship God. We need to be just as excited about worshiping our creator as it is when we see a, a goal uh, scored at a soccer game. Let's try the second excuse. I'm not really a musical person. I can't sing. I can't carry a tune. Well, you know what? That's not what moves God, whether or not you're uh, what I like to say wrong and strong. The, the reality is that God wants to know what's coming from your heart. He's, he's not concerned about the sound of your voice. So you don't have to be a professional vocalist to sing worship to God. And so just say it this way. God wants to hear your voice because you know why? He gave you that voice. And so when God gives you the voice, he wants to hear your praise in your voice not in someone else's voice. And then the third one, and I've heard this so many times, especially when we think about the tension between traditional hymns and, and contemporary worship, I don't know the tunes. Well, okay, it doesn't matter if you know the tunes or not. Can you read? These are lyrics. These are words written just like the scripture to encourage us. Because if you can read the lyrics that'll show up here on the screen or on the screen here in church in the building, you can say them aloud without any tune and that's praise and worship of God, too. You don't have to sing the words, but you do have to say the words. And even if you have laryngitis or your voice isn't very loud, or maybe you've never done this before, you need to read the words aloud so that you can hear them, so your ears can hear them, so that you can hear. You need to do it with some enthusiasm, some emotion and passion, not like, oh, God, you're a great God. You're an incredibly amazing God. You would really do great things. No, no, no. You need to be excited about it. No, what you need to do is go, God, thank you. God, you are so amazing. You rose from the grave and you've got power and you could change my life. You need to be excited about it. So what I'm saying is if you can't sing, if you don't know the tune, then say the words out loud, but just say it from the heart, okay? You don't have to sing for this to work, but you do have to receive all the blessings that come from hearing these words. So read it dramatically like you actually mean what you're saying. So just read the words aloud with authentic feelings. Don't give lip service, but remember, God says, I would rather have you hot or cold, not lukewarm. So read the words while you're thinking of something else. No, no, you need to read the words while you're thinking of him. So the writer of Psalm 138 says, I will praise you, Lord, with my whole heart. And so that's what I want us to practice today. So that's what we're going to practice today. And so, like I said, God gives us benefits when we do what he tells us to do. And so what I want to do is lay out for you a couple ideas this morning, and we'll address a couple next week, about the incredible benefits and the blessings to our life that God guarantees us as his people when we praise God with all our heart. And so I want us to answer the question, what happens when I praise God with all my heart? So the first thing that happens is praising God lifts up my spirit. You can come to church tired and exhausted, discouraged, fatigued, and yet there's something about when we sing praise music, and that can actually be a, a mood enhancer, if you will, particularly when we do it together. And I'm very intentional when I pick the songs 
to lead in worship, even here on the online platform, to pick songs that will encourage you with the words. Uh, sometimes it's a song you may not know. At the same time, it may be one that's very familiar. But to be reminded that there's something in singing together that can encourage us. And we know that in the season that we're living in, that there is a lot of people that are searching for hope. So in those moments when we are depressed and we're feeling tired and a little empty, we need to look at the scripture to help remind us. David can give us some insight here in Psalm 42. He says, why am I so discouraged? Why am I so troubled and upset? Instead, I will put what? my hope in God, and I will praise him once again as my Savior and my God. And when my heart is breaking, I will remember your kindness. Three words I have underlined there, hope, praise, and remember. If you want hope in your life, if you want to be a hopeful person, you've got to do the other two. You've got to praise and remember, sort of a golden chain. They're all connected. Because when you praise and remember, it builds hope in your life. When we praise God, here's what we get. Here's what God offers us. He says in Isaiah 61, he says, To all who mourn in Israel, he gives beauty for ashes, joy instead of sadness and praise instead of the despair. You see, God gives us a choice. And what do you want? Beauty or ashes? Or praise instead of despair? Joy instead of sadness? So here's what I want to do. I want to just take a moment here. We're going to pause. So I want to start with a song of hope as we think about our worship today. It's a new song called Living Hope. Think about these words. Who can imagine so great a mercy? What heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. The cross has spoken. I am forgiven. The King of Kings calls me his own. Beautiful Savior, I'm yours forever. Jesus Christ, my living hope. How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven spoke your name into the night then through the darkness your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul the work is finished the end is written Jesus Christ my living hope Who could imagine So great a mercy What heart could fathom Such boundless grace The God of ages Stepped down from glory To wear my sin and bear my shame the cross has spoken i am forgiven the king of kings calls me his own beautiful savior i'm yours forever jesus christ 
my living hope. Hallelujah, praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah, death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Then came the morning that sealed the promise. Your buried body began to breathe out of the silence. The roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me. Then came the morning that sealed the promise. Your buried body began to breathe. Out of the silence, the roaring lion Declared the grave has no claim on me. Jesus, yours is the victory. Hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. There's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Hallelujah, praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah, death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Oh God, you are my living hope. Praising God lifts my spirit, but then also praising God helps me sense his presence. And I use the word sense because God is always present with us whether we feel it or not. God is always with us. He's never far. He's always close. There's never been a second, not one second of our lives, yours or mine, that God has not been with us or he's paying attention to you. And I have to admit, and I, I'm sure you will too, that there are times when we feel like he's not very close. It sometimes feels as though he may be a million miles away. But we need to be reminded, and Scripture teaches us this, that he's not. God says and promises us that he's always with us. He says, I'm always near you. I'm always close with you. But as human beings, we know there are times when we don't feel God's presence. And so we want to feel his presence. We think about the words from Living Hope, and those words should encourage us. But then we also are reminded of the verse that we read earlier, is you've got to do it with our whole heart. And so how do you praise God with your whole heart? How do you praise him when you don't feel like praising him? I mean, there are times when we have to just make it happen, right? 
we have to push through. Sometimes like getting up and joining us here online or even joining us in the building. Sometimes we are in not really in the mood, right? Yeah, that we're tired. It's been a long week. And so how do you praise God when you don't feel like it? Well, here's the answer. It's real simple. You do it anyway. Because I love this statement from Rick Warren. He says, it's easier to act your way into a feeling than feel your way into an action. Let me say that again. It's easier to act your way into a feeling than feel your way into an action. If you wait for a certain feeling to come before you do something, that feeling will often never show up. But if you act your way into the feeling, you do act it. And we know that that's true in every area of life. And it's also true in praising God. When we don't feel like praising God, that's usually the time that we need to praise him. And what I've learned, if the only time I ever pray is when I feel like it, the devil is going to make sure that I never feel like it. And if the only time I praise God is when I feel like it, the devil makes sure I never feel like it. And we know that this maturity thing, right, this growing up, this becoming a fully devoted follower, is when we act on what is the right thing to do, whether we feel like it or not. We know that immature people live by their feelings. And if I don't feel like doing it, so I don't do it. And that's not the way it should be. There are many times when I don't feel like praising God, and yet that's when I need it probably the most. That's when I need because my mood is frozen. And so this is the mark of maturity. The writer of Psalms 140, 13 says, The righteous praise your name and they live in your presence. Now, wow, right? We're in God's presence all the time. And what does it mean to live in your presence? Well, they recognize it. They feel it. They sense it. They know it. And if you want to feel God's presence in your life, you need to praise him more because praise and presence go together. Again, the writer of Psalm 75.1 says, God, we praise you and we thank you because you are near. We don't praise him and thank him to get him near. We praise him because he is near. God is never not near. It means that we just aren't tuned into him. It means we have distractions in our life. So a second, and it's one of the smaller benefits here as we talk about it, is it is also a big one. It's that when I praise God, all of a sudden I start feeling his presence. And so let's hear this great hymn, To God Be the Glory. To God be the glory, great things he hath done. So loved he the world that he gave us his son, who yielded his life atonement for sin and open the life gate that all may go in praise the lord praise the lord let the earth hear his voice praise the lord praise the lord let the people rejoice oh come to the father through jesus the son and give him the glory, great things he hath done. Oh, perfect redemption, the purchase of blood. To every believer, the promise of God. The vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus. 
Jesus, a pardon receives. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear His voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give Him the glory. Great things He hath done, great things He hath taught us, great things He hath done, and great our rejoicing through Jesus the Son, but purer and higher and greater will be our wonder, our rapture, when Jesus we see. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear His voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give Him the glory. Great things He hath done. And then the third benefit is that praising God enlarges my perception of Him. You see, praising God makes God bigger in my eyes, and that's something we all need. That praising God enlarges my perception of Him as my Father. The psalmist says in 69:30, I will praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of God with a song, and I will magnify him with thanksgiving. Magnify is to praise, and it's important for us to see, because when I magnify God, God gets bigger in my eyes. Now, if you've got a magnifying glass, what does it do? Well, it takes, and when you look through it, it magnifies, and it makes things bigger, right? So when I magnify God, God gets bigger in my eyes. And now, why is that a big deal? Well, when God gets bigger in my life, my problems shrink. And when God gets larger in my life, my problems get smaller. Now, I want to say, too, the opposite is true. When I look at my problems and my problems get really big, then God gets really small in my life. So what's true is that one thing is going to be big in your life. It's either going to be your problems or God. And so when you praise God, when you focus on God, when you magnify God, then that makes him bigger. And the bigger God gets in your life, the less worried you are about your problems because this is nothing for God. He's got this. God can handle this. This is nothing. That my problems and your problems shrink inside because God is so much bigger than any of the problems that we're going to encounter. So that's one of the benefits. Worship and praise and magnify God are the same thing. The writer of Psalm 145 verse 3 says, The Lord is great is worthy of our highest praise because his greatness is beyond understanding. The truth is, I can't ever know or understand how big God is, how great he really is, and you can't either. And it's like an ant trying to understand the internet. We're just not going to get our minds around it. It just doesn't make sense. You don't have the brain capacity to understand how big God is. If you could completely understand God, you'd be God, and you're not, and I'm not. And so God's God, and we are not. But when we praise God, and we sing to God in a song, God gets bigger, and our problems get smaller. So whatever problem we're pushing through, whatever has got us scared or got us intimidated, got us worried, got us fearful, 
The antidote for that is to sing, sing praise, to sing praise about the greatness of God because the bigger I see God, my problems shrink in the inside. I think a song that helps to communicate that is the great hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning new mercies I see. All I have needed thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Time and harvest, sun, moon, and stars in their courses above. Join with all nature in manifold witness to thy great faithfulness, mercy, and love. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning new mercies I see. All I have needed thy hand hath provided, great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. For sin and a peace that endureth Thy own dear presence to cheer and to guide Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow Blessings all mine with ten thousand beside Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning new mercies I see. All I have needed thy hands have provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me.
here's why we're talking about praise, because your praise to God is always a witness to non-believers. We think people are impressed by our prosperity, but really they're impressed by how we handle life's adversity. And it's not how successful you are that makes people want to come to Jesus Christ. It's how you handle the problems that they're going through too, and you handle them in a better way. We talked about this in this most recent series called Witness. Go back and listen to some of it. You'll be reminded that there are these elements that as we live our life, and particularly as we praise God, as we praise God through our worship, that we can make him known to those around us. And so let's pray. Father, we're grateful for the truth of all of this, and we do praise you. And we pray in the week ahead that you would give us encounters to offer Praise to you as we share the good news with those around us that need your hope and need the power of the gospel. And we just pray it now in your strong name. And together we say, Amen. Thank you for being with us this week. And again, we want to invite you to be a participant as we bless the students that are here in our community through the SAFE program at Mansfield City Schools. And if you'd like to be a part of that, there's a link here in the worship notes where you can participate. You can also click on the give button up above and make a gift online and we'll be happy to do the shopping for you. As you lean into the week ahead, be reminded you've been blessed to be a blessing. Go forth and serve Jesus Christ in his name. Amen. Have a great week.